Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You got to pray for the job interview, but you also should prepare in the natural too. Amen. If you're going to pray that God will give you favor, you also better study the booklets that they gave you so you can answer some questions. And so she puts her best foot forward in both ways and she goes into the inner court. So at this point, she has broken Persian law, right? You can't go in without being requested by the king. You're not supposed to go in that far. And so at this point, Esther has taken her life into her hands. In your walk with Christ, have you ever doubted your faith? Have you ever had the opportunity to step out in faith for God, only to not do it out of fear? In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you should never doubt the power and might of the Lord. When he calls you to something, always expect him to come through and deliver you through it. He only wants what's best for your life and is doing everything for your good. Turn to him always and let him be the one to take on your burdens. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Esther chapter 4 as he begins his message, Good Plans versus Evil Plans. For you guys that have been following along with us in the book of Esther, we've, uh, we're at a point in the book where things are getting ready to kind of make a turn. You know, they'll begin to turn. And so the beginning of the book, we saw King Ahasuerus. If you guys remember, he was, he was kind of throwing a banquet and he was showing off to the world how glorious his kingdom was, how much wealth he had. And uh, they had a 180-day feast after the 180-day feast for everybody, he had a, a seven-day feast afterwards. And at the end of this drunken feast, he messed up. And we talked about how many bad decisions come after drinking alcohol. And uh, he said, you know what? I want my wife is hot. I got the baddest woman is everywhere. Go tell Queen Vashti, because she was having a function with the women. Go tell her to come on over here and uh, put on her royal crown. Some people believe that he wanted her to come with only the crown on uh, and nothing else. Either way, uh, what he wanted her to do was not, she was, she had some dignity. Um, I believe that she was right in her, and uh, in, in her not going and being paraded in this way. And so Vashti said, no, nah, I'm not coming. I'm not going to go. Um, that became an issue. Uh, the other people, he had bad counselors in his life. We saw, we've seen that throughout the book. So all the other men said, King, if your wife can tell you no, all of our wives, when they hear about this, they're going to be rebelling. You got to do something about this right now. And they say, you know, what you ought to do is kick her out and get a new queen better than her. And so he put Queen Vashti out, if you guys remember. And uh, he tried to go conquer some land. He failed. He came home. And I think he was having a pity party one day. And he said, oh, man, I don't have a wife no more. I don't have a Queen Vashti no more. And so when they saw he was sad, they said, King, you know what we'll do for you? Some more bad counsel coming. They said, we're going to throw a pageant. Uh, we're going to bring all the, the baddest virgins in Persia. And we're going we're gonna to pick one. You're going to be able to pick the one that you like the most. And so... You know, that was kind of the foundation for where things began in this book. Now, Queen Esther, who is now the queen, uh, but when we meet her, you know, she had had kind of a rough life. You guys remember Esther? Uh, she was born, it was, her parents have both died, so she was not being raised by her mom or dad. Uh, most believe they were, you know, something that happened to them regarding the some of the, one of the Babylonian captivities. And so she had been left in the care of this older cousin, Mordecai. Mordecai was like an uncle to her. 
And so she was left in his care. Uh, I've told you guys multiple times now that the unsung hero of the book of Esther is my man, Mordecai. Mordecai raises Esther as his own daughter. Evidently, as a Jew and a believer, he pours into her uh, of his faith. And Esther, again, much of what happens in her life is no fault of her own up until now. Right. Esther's parents dying was not her fault. Her being raised by uncle or cousin Mordecai is not her fault. Her being exceptionally, because the Bible says that she was beautiful in form and appearance. Y'all remember that? That meant that she had a pretty face and a banging body. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. Um, that she, she was, she was, a, she was bad, bad. Um, and so that was not her fault. She didn't do that for herself. That's all this up to this point is God's providence, God's doing in her life. And, uh, as, each woman has their chance to go before the king. Uh, when she went before the king, it says that she found favor in his sight. So she becomes Queen Esther now. And so now that she's queen, um, something that's been looming in the background is there's a man named Haman. When I say Haman, everybody say boo. All right. That's, 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 that's exactly what every time you think about Haman, just boo. Don't nobody, but not never name. I bet I never have a boy in the children's ministry named Lil Haman, you know, um, he's just a, he's a royal jerk. So Haman gets, Haman's the right hand guy to the king. We don't know why he got promoted. Uh, some people believe it's because he, he had access to wealth and money. Um, and the king needed some help, but he got promoted to second in command. And he's a guy that's full of himself and the way it was supposed to go for the guy that was second in command, when you walk through uh, the city square, everyone is supposed to bow down and acknowledge you. And so, I mean, can you imagine what that would do to a man's pride that was already prideful? If every time you stepped out into the scene, everybody had to acknowledge you and bow down and pay homage. Well, as he would step out day by day, everybody would bow down except for one guy. Who was that? My man Mordecai. Mordecai is like, nah, bruh. Uh, I don't bow. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a Jew. I worship God. I'm not bowing. Mordecai would not bow down to this man. And he made him furious. Um, so much so that he went to the king and said, king, and he manipulated the king. He said, there's a group of people out there that they don't obey your laws. I say that you make a decree that we can wipe them out, annihilate them since they don't obey your laws. The king said, ah, that sounds good to me. And he wrote the thing up and signed it and sent it on his way. And so the decree went out. A date was set um, by God's providence. The date was set 11 months out, right? That on this date, it was slapped up on the wall of the Sushan and the Citadel. On this date, we're going to annihilate all the Jews, wiping them out. And so if you're a Jew and you live in this area, you are like, what is going on? Why are they going to kill us? Everybody is, is having a hard time with this. Esther finally heard about it last week. Mordecai heard about it. He was, he had, you know, he was in sackcloth and ashes. He sent word to Esther who was in the palace, didn't know what was going on. And so Esther becomes aware that, wow, all of my people, the Jews are going to be killed. And last week we heard that, that, that key phrase of the book of Esther. If you guys remember, Mordecai told Esther, don't you remain silent. Don't think if you remain, you can remain silent. If you don't say something, you know, God is going to deliver the Jews from through someone else, but you and your father's household will perish. And then Mordecai said this to Esther, how do you know that you didn't come into the kingdom? For such a time as this. You guys remember that? And it was just, I mean, just, just, I mean, those are just some pointed words. How do you know, even for you to they're, me, they're here tonight. How do you know that you're not alive right now for such a time as this coronavirus, you know, crazy pandemic, you know, wicked division and all that. Well, how do you know that God, God could have had you be here? You could have been alive during the days of Jesus, but you're here right now 
for such a time as this. And so um, he pointed that out to her. And as the chapter ended, I think some of the most gangster words spoken of any woman in all the Bible, Esther said this. She says, you know what? I'm going to do it. And if I perish, what? I perish. He said, you know what? I'm going to put my life at risk to see my people saved. If I perish, I perish. But she made some provisions. If you guys remember, she told all of her girls, her maidens, she said, y'all, we're going to fast for three days. She told Mordecai that you get all the people in Sushan, you too, fast for the next three days. And after that three days, I'm going to go before the king. And so that's where we pick up the study tonight. So everybody now look at Esther chapter five, verse one. There's been three days of fasting, and, and now it comes to this point right here where um, she's going to have her opportunity to go before the king. So Esther chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on his royal throne in his royal house facing the entrance of the house. A lot of details here, right? So we get Esther, it says, on the third day. That's a whole thing in and of itself. If you ever want to have some fun, you can do a Bible study throughout the entire Bible on that phrase, on the third day. So many amazing things happen on the third day. Um, you know, obviously we know Jesus rose on the third day, and, you know, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. And there's, you can just do a, a, just for fun one day when you feel like scooting through the Bible, go look at, go look at all the things that happened on the third day. But here, after that three-day fast and waiting on the Lord, and can I speak on this for a moment? What's significant about fasting? What's, what does a fast accomplish? What is a fast? Um, we talked about it lightly, right? Fasting is when you abstain from food. If you don't watch TV, is that fasting? No, not a biblical fast. If you say, I'm not going to watch social media for the next, that's, that might be good for you, but that's not a fast. Fasting is food. It's, it's saying, it's telling your, your body appetite that your body's used to eating at whatever time every day. It's saying, I'm going to tell my body no for the purpose of seeking God for, for, for whatever I'm seeking God for. Some people fasted in repentance. Some people fasted because they needed direction from the Lord. Some people fasted to get, just for favor with God. God, we need you. And so Esther and everybody else, they're fasting to be heard by God as they ask God to, they, they want God to have mercy. They don't want to be annihilated and wiped out. And so they fast for three days. And um, it says now on the third day um, that Esther, she put on her royal robes and she stood in her inner courts. And I, I wrote this in my notes that, uh, Esther put her best foot forward spiritually and in the natural, right? She didn't fast and then just say, I'm going to just show up before the king in my grimy, grimy with eye boogers and messed up hair and whatever I have on. She's like, guys, oh, God have to do it. She look, I, I put, she put her best foot forward spiritually. I'm taking three days to fast and pray and seek the Lord. But she said also now that it's time. I'm putting on the good clothes. I'm putting on the royal robes. I'm putting on my pretty clothes. I'm she putting her best foot forward in both ways. I just think that that was interesting. Sometimes we're willing to, you know, maybe we'll, 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 we'll take spiritual steps, but not understand that there also can be practical steps that we need to take. Amen. And so, you know, she's doing both. You know, you got to pray for the job interview, but you also should prepare in the natural too. Amen. If you're going to pray that God will give you favor, you also better study the booklets that they gave you so you can answer some questions. And so she puts her best foot forward in both ways and she goes into the inner court. So at this point, she has broken Persian law, right? You can't go in without being requested by the king. You're not supposed to go in that far. And so 
At this point, Esther has taken her life into her hands in a desire and an effort to see her people be saved. I titled the, the message, Good Plans versus Evil Plans. Uh, we'll see that Esther has a plan, right? She's hoping that God is going to use her to preserve the Jewish people. She had a plan. We're going to fast three days. I'm going to go before the king, going to see what happens. Uh, we're going to see her work through her plan. At the end of the chapter, we're going to see Haman has evil plans. And, and this is what you got to know about plans. Plans require effort, forethought, energy, time, sacrifice, and since they require all of that, you're going to make plans. You want them to be led by God. You want their, you want God's hand to be on the plans that you're making. So Esther has made these plans. Um, she's now in position uh, to see what's going to happen. Verse two, it says, so it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. So it says that when the king saw her, so she stood there. It doesn't say that she made a word that she said anything. She just presented herself there. She was there in all her beautifulness, uh, just waiting to see what would happen when he caught her, when he, when his eyes ran across where she was and thanks be to God. When his eyes ran across where she was, it says that she found favor in his sight. Now the rule in Persia was if you came before the king unannounced, um, that you would be put to death unless the king, you know, put out his golden scepter uh, of approval, his golden scepter uh, of, of reception to receive you. And so this is what happened. She found favor in his sight and he held out the golden scepter that was in his hand. And it says that she went near it and she touched the top of it. So at this point um, now, who would we credit? Why did, why did the king find favor in her sight? Um, would you guys say that, the king favored her because she was beautiful, or would you say it's because they fasted for three days? What would you say? Maybe a combination, right? Maybe they we, we don't we're not told specifically, so we, we know what took place. Here's here's what you can you can sum it up this way: God's providence, right? God, God's hand is upon her, and God is preserving her. God is God is leading her and directing her and all of this. God's hand on this whole situation. So rather the king looked and said, ooh, you have favor in my, or, you know, there was prayer that brought it about. Rather than all, all that said and done, God was on it, right? God was in this. Here's, here's something that I think will save people a lot of drama and trouble. If God's in something, right? I mean, he's just in it. Um, Let's, I'll speak to my single friends for just a moment. If you're single, if somebody's, you know, if, if there's an interest or someone's interested, you know, you, you, if God is in that, God just, God just going to do that. God's going to work that out. Right. When, when I saw my wife, right. Now this check, this, this is, I've been married to her 23 years. Right. Check, check how this, this is what God did. I was single. Uh, I was newly saved. I was newly single, but I wasn't called to be single. God knew I wasn't, I wasn't the single type. That's what the Lord showed me. And so I'm at LAX airport doing what I was doing at LAX airport. And lo and behold, there's a McDonald's in terminal one at LAX airport. Everybody say, everybody say amen for McDonald's, the golden arches. Well, as I, as I make my way past the golden arches, there's this little, this, this, this black woman there. She, I mean, just, she, I just, I saw her, I, I saw her looked at me. And then when, when I looked, she like turned, you know, she turned away, but I saw her seeing me see her at the McDonald's. 
And now who would have, I don't think either of us, even at this point, would have thought, like, our lives have changed so much from that moment, right? There was somebody God had for me, somebody God had for her. And in that moment, God said, boom, I'm a, I'm a, y'all, y'all just going to find each other's eyes. She's going to write down her number for you. She's going to be ready to give it to you when you get there. I got over there. I think she had pre-written her number when I got there. I, I said, can I have your number? <laughs> it was already, she already had it written down and ready. I still have the piece of paper. I still have the piece of paper she gave me her number on. And it came from an ATM, so it is date stamped. So uh, it's, it's a great little memorial for us. But all that to say, right, if God's in something, God God will make everything line up just how it's supposed to. Just He'll do it. He'll, he'll give you favor in the eyes of those that you're supposed to have favor in the eyes of. And so God does this here. The king has favor. Uh, she has faith, found favor in his sight. He holds out the golden scepter. She goes near and touches it. Verse 3. It says, and the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. So, I mean, he really likes her. You know, now I, I will say this, that, that 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 that's a saying, right? When the kings would say, hey, you can have anything you want up to half the kingdom. Um, one, I'm not offering you full control, you know, um, but it's basically a, a, a king language for like anything you want. What do you want? I'll give you anything you want. Um, he really likes Queen Esther and is willing to give her anything that she wants. This is something that kings would do, um, maybe to display their power or to, or, or to show their pleasure with someone. But he offered her anything you want up to half the kingdom. In the secular historical history records, King Ahasuerus has done this before. And uh, you can go read it, but there's there's drama that ensued. He had He's had other wives before as well. And so... Um, there's things that he's had invited them to ask for anything they wanted. And one of them asked for clothing that belonged to uh, another person. It is uh, all kind of drama. I was reading about this. I'm like, wow, there was, there was Bible drama back in these days. But here he tells Queen Esther, anything you want up to half the kingdom, you can have it. And so the favor extended beyond allowing her to come in, but he offered her anything that she wanted. He understood there must be something very important for her to risk her life. He understood that she risked her life coming up in here. So there must be something very important that she wants. And at this point, you know, this is a gospel point for you and I. Esther has risked her life in the hopes of saving many other lives of her Jewish, uh, of the Jewish people. And the king grants her any requests. The Bible says no greater love has any man than this. Who can finish that for me? Than to lay down his life for his friends. And so, even as she is willing to, for her people and the potential of saving them, lay down everything. I just got to remind you tonight, this is not a, you know, we don't get a, there's not a, a lesson about Jesus and Esther, but there's a semblance of Jesus here because Jesus laid down everything for you and I. Amen. He was willing to risk everything. He died on the cross. He took your sins and my sins upon himself and he laid down his whole life. Uh, that you and I can be saved to save us today. And so, um, but, but Esther is taking that same sort of risk and I don't want to blow over that. She has risked her life at this point and the King is granting her, her request. Um, and so moving on now, look at verses four through six. So Esther answered, if it please the King, let the King and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. That'll be the fourth banquet so far in the book. Uh, we know that the Persians seem like they did a lot of banquets, a lot of eating and drinking. That's how they got together and, and did things. And so this will be the fourth banquet so far in the book. 
Verse five says, then the king said, bring Haman quickly that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther had prepared. So Esther is asked by the king, anything you want, what do you want? Esther says, the king, this is what I want. I want you and I want your main man, Haman. Y'all, I want you guys to come to the banquet that I prepared for you too. Now there's so many questions here that we can't answer, can't put a stamp on them, but why did she invite Haman, right? We'll see in a moment because she's going to have to do this. She's going to end up doing the same sequence twice. But she says, I don't just want the king. My, my thought would be this. I would, if I was her, this is kind of how I think because I'm, I'm, I would be like, hey, king, let me, let me talk to you while Haman, before Haman comes in. Let me tell you how, what, a, what, a, let me tell you what a slime ball your guy Haman is. I would want to blast him out. But she's like, no, nah, I'm going to do it in his face. I mean, she's, that's what's happening here. Esther said, I want him to be there too. When, I'm, when, I, when I say what I'm going to say, I want him to be right there. I want him to squiggle and squirm, you know. Um, but this is also risky. This is the king's right-hand guy. So, and the king has a track record of not doing right by his queens, right? So, I mean, this could go bad. You got favor in his sight for today, but if he don't like what you say, if he sides with Haman, um, this could all go really bad for Esther. I just want you to understand what, what, what she's under. And, and, and all that she, the risk that she's taken and what's on the table. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll give a few suggestions in a little bit as far as why she has Haman there both times. But, um, you know, she, she wants the king and Haman. Now, Haman's already prideful, right? So I want you to think about what this did to Haman's pride. Look, when the queen wants the king and me, <laughs> nobody else was invited to this special gathering, just me and the king. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, for a prideful guy like Haman was, this guy's head had to go, it had, it had to swell up a, a couple extra, you know, decibels, you know, just say, yeah, they, they, boy, the queen and king, they sure do love me. And uh, I, I'm really convinced that that's what was going on in his heart and in his head. And so she invited the king and Haman to come to this banquet. Verse six, at the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, what is your petition? It shall be granted you. What is your request up to half the kingdom? It shall be done. And so a second time, the king says the exact same thing. Esther, what do you want? I'll give it to you. Anything you want up to half the kingdom, what is it that you request? Now, verse 7, it says, Then Esther answered and said, My petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and to fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet, which I prepared for them tomorrow. And I will do as the king has said. So now here's some thoughts. Some people think that Esther got cold feet, right? That's a possibility. She might've been there. Haman's there. The king is there. And she's like, you know what? The king's okay. Here's the, here's the moment. Is this the right time? And she's like, what I really want is for y'all to come back tomorrow. I'm going to do another banquet for you. I want you guys to come again tomorrow to the banquet. Um, I don't know why I, I, I would guess if I had to guess that she got cold feet and I, I understand why there's a lot at stake here, right? I've never, I've never been in this position. Um, anybody here ever had to tell on somebody, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, unless you like the tattletale, right? If you have to tell on like something that big, I, I got to tell. And, and when I get done telling, like this is going to go really, really, really bad for one of us. Right. Somebody going to probably die over this. I could understand kind of getting cold feet and saying, eh, I think one more night. 
Thanks for joining us here today on The Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Pastor Bill is making his way through the extraordinary book of Esther. While never mentioned throughout the entire book, we know that God was working through Esther and Mordecai to show his power and mercy to the people of Persia. Like them, many of us find ourselves influenced by the wrong example. Can you relate? Maybe you resist for a while, but then pressure and influence start to find cracks in your armor. How do you respond when you realize that sin has entered your life? In Esther, you are reminded to always trust that God is working through and around you for His glory. Turn back to Him and you will find strength and peace. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, and we want to help you with that. If you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through this ministry, join us in prayer. Like you, we need all the prayer we can get. If you feel led, we ask that you partner with us financially. Here's what you need to do. Head over to calvaryinglewood.org to give online or download our mobile app and give that way. Once again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. You'll also find a link to our mobile app right there online. While you're there, check out the other resources we have to offer you, like archive messages, or you can follow along with our daily Bible reading plan. Well, it's time to say goodbye for now. We'll connect with you again next time in the book of Esther with a transforming word.